Better. Yeah, you tried to start just about an hour and a half ago. Yep. This is going to be a janky show because we are yep. running on fumes and popsicle sticks at this hey, point. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, how about that submarine? It's the thing of nightmares, Kevin. It is every fear. I've ever had of the ocean boiled down into one incident. Well, I mean, at least they blew up. It's not like they got trapped and, you know... They didn't blow up, Kevin. They imploded in each other (laughs) into a (laughs) size of a 22-foot submarine, submersible, into probably the size of a tin can or a trash can. Could you imagine? That's got to be a rough way to go. Yeah. Sucking in like that, I mean, that much pressure... And it's cold, ice cold down there. You're in the middle. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure they didn't feel anything. It was probably instantaneous. Hopefully it was instantaneous, yeah. I mean, unless, yeah, because even if there's any leak in there whatsoever, if water was getting yeah. in it, they wouldn't, it would. You really can't slowly implode. That's not really a thing. Yeah. It, they said it was like a millisecond thing. Yeah. It, once it happened, it happened, and they probably didn't feel a damn thing, but. Oh my god. It took over the whole entire world though. It's crazy it's crazy what the media picks up on. Yeah, it did. Yep. And All then the everything... memes out there. I can't believe people would sink so low. Well we just played Yellow Submarine to start the show, so I'm pretty sure that was uh that was us too. But yeah, we've been having issues since we started about an hour, a little over an hour ago, hour ago. So hopefully this comes out good. Zencaster that we record on is down, so we are doing the old school FaceTime hookup through a wire reach around. <laughs> so we'll see if this uh, works. But we do have a show, and we're going to get into it. And we're going to start off with a fat fuck segment. Not a lot this week, but I wanted to mention this. French's ketchup. We talked about French's before. They did mustard flavor. It was ice cream last year. Something like that. Yeah, popsicles. Popsicles, something like that. Yeah. So this summer, they decided to do cotton candy. And, of course, French is known for their mustard and different condiments. But the one thing that they're really known for is their ketchup. So they decided to do a ketchup cotton candy. Only sold online, not in stores. Limited limited time, limited edition. And only sold in Canada. So, um, I don't know. We may be able to order it, but 
It's one of those things where I don't have ever, really... Have you ever ordered anything from Canada? Uh, I think I probably have at one point, but you have Shipping customs. Shipping and handling is, like, ridiculous. Yeah. It's, like, I mean, three times the amount. That's crazy. Um... You can get stuff from Japan for like five bucks for everything, including the shipping. Yep. So, yeah. Wanted to mention that because it does sound disgusting. We're probably not going to try it. I'm sure it's sold out by now because it's just the way it is up there. But Damn Canadians. Um, yeah, damn Canadians. So, there was a lot of stuff we watched, a lot of stuff I didn't watch that we're going to hold back until next week. But I did want to mention a couple of things. Um, Secret Invasion, big Marvel show. Came up, came out on this week on Wednesday. Um, brand new series starring Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury coming back um, from a hiatus. He hasn't been really around since earlier Avengers. Captain, he was a Captain Marvel uh, predominantly, but um, mm-hmm. that was a, that was a prequel. But the Cap, the Nick Fury of the modern time hasn't been around since Age of Ultron. He had a little quick cameo in in Endgame at the end during the funeral of uh, Tony Stark. But he has been around. Um, he's been in space trying to, I don't know, trying to do some sort of an umbrella effect around the Earth to prevent any more attacks, I guess. I don't know. Um, that's where yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. Been, is. Was, he was in something. And what was he uh, scrolling? Um, that was uh, Spider-Man. Far From Home. Okay, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. See, he's been around... Uh, Samuel Jackson's been around, but the actual real Nick Fury really hasn't. Yeah, he's been in space. Saying, right? Yeah, and, oh, okay. and and the sh- and the show is kind of kind of saying that he's been in space, hiding from everything that happened after the blip, because the last time yeah. we did actually see him was well, we saw him in an after credit scene in space, but the last time we saw him on Earth was the blip. He it was in the after credit scenes of Infinity War, I want to say. Or one of those movies where they showed him and Maria Hill as the world was dealing with Thanos snap. He kind of just turned into dust and said, what the f... As he was about to say fuck. Mm. And got... Well, anyway, this show is about Nick Fury. Coming back to Earth because there is a threat. It's a follow-up to Captain Marvel with the Skrulls. Um, Skrulls are are a great character in the comic books. Haven't seen them too much until now. Their full power, their full way of infiltrating and, and disguising themselves and the espionage of this show. I, first, this show, for, for, for first thing I want to say, it's getting a lot of mixed reviews. However, I really did like the first episode. Um, if it keeps continuing this trajectory, I think I, I, I may like it. Um, yeah, it was, a lot, it was okay. Yeah, it was okay. There was there wasn't much to it. I mean, it was just Nick Fury coming back, no. putting his feet on the ground, getting back into it's the groove of things. The, uh, Daenerys Targaryen. Yep. 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 And she, yeah, I mean, she plays the daughter of Talos. Talos was Ben Mendelsohn in. Um, he's in Rogue One. He played uh, mm-hmm. Talos in Captain Marvel. He's kind of like the lead of the Skrulls, the good Skrulls. Um, and then when everything happened with Nick Fury and the Skrulls and Captain Marvel, there was kind of like a splinter off of the whole entire group where there was almost like rebels that, that split off from Talos. Um, and they want to try to find their own world. They had a world that was called Skrullos, um, got destroyed during a Kree war. Um, and they came to Earth and they have infiltrated Earth as imposters. 
So there's a lot of stuff going on. Nobody, they don't know who's a Skrull. They don't know how deep it goes yet, but you can kind of tell that there's some fuckery going up in the higher ups, um, hinting that the president maybe, um, Rhodey maybe. Um, very first scene, you find out that um, Everett Ross, who is in Wakanda Forever, was a Skrull. Um, but we're not sure when that happened. I mean, he may have been Everett Ross in Wakanda Forever, and then some point between then and now, um, he got turned into a scroll. We're not sure. Um, maybe that'll be told. There's a lot of there's a lot of mysteries to this. Just for the first episode, there's going to be six episodes. But um, but there but this Splinter Cell that has split off from the scrolls, they've started a new uh, settlement in Russia called New Scrollos. They brought all the scrolls, kind of like a army, together. To try to, uh, they're also in Chernobyl because they can they can deal with the radiation. They have immuni immunity to radiation. Um, Chernobyl, of course, famous for the uh, nuclear um, nuclear um, what do you call it that went crazy in the eighties. The so, blast. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a blast. It was like a, no, it was... Uh, the power plant went, went uh, yes. haywire. Uh, I can't think of the word, but yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but the show is about Nick Fury after the blip. Um, a lot of that, seeing where his psyche is, they're not really sure why he why he left. Um, they're kind of hinting to it. Um, I'm sure that's what the show is going to continue telling the story of. Um, and the show, besides Everett Ross being the scroll, the other big thing that happened was the very end. Um, one of the lead the lead splinter of this scroll group started explosions all throughout Russia in the middle of the square in Russia and he decided to turn himself into Nick Fury and shoot Maria Hill and kill her um, so the last thing Maria Hill sees is Nick Fury shooting her so she thinks that Nick Fury shot her and killed her as she's dying um, and then Nick Fury comes in to uh, console her as she's dying and the other scroll turns back into his normal self a lot of fuckery in this show rightfully so um the big thing that everybody's talking about is how the opening credits were made by AI. Um, a lot of controversy with that, yeah, with AI in general. Because there's a lot of artists that could have been brought in and they decided to do it by a computer animation through AI, which is crazy. It's a crazy concept to begin with. but um, So yeah, um, they also talked about, I wanted to mention this too while, while we're talking about it, that the guy that they brought in to the, the director of this was told not to read the comics at all. Um, they had nothing to do with what they're doing because the comics had a lot to do with the main superheroes and there's no superheroes in this besides probably War Machine if we see his full armor. But um, right. the full story basically is all the superheroes were infiltrated and Skulls, all scrolls, all the Avengers and everything, but they're not doing in this and that in this story. So it's a completely different story. Um... Yeah, we'll wait and see. It's okay. I liked it. Um, I hear second one's pretty good too. I think that, I think most of the press saw only three episodes, so um, we'll see. Um, the other big thing that came out this week was the bear, which I haven't seen. I know you have. You're big into the bear. I like the first season yep. a lot. Um, just haven't. I just haven't yeah, had time second this week. season does not disappoint. I finished the whole thing. Um, cool. It's completely different. Completely different from the first season, but it's still just as awesome. 
And uh, the last episode kicks you right in the stomach, and I don't know where they're going to go from here. Like, when the last episode started, I was like, I don't know how they're going to continue this show past this. And then shit happens in, like, the last 15 minutes, and you're just like, holy shit. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's excellent. Um, the There's an entire episode with John Berthenol, because now they have the budget, so they could actually pay him to be an entire episode. It's, like, an hour long. It's, like, a Christmas episode. Um, it's really cool, so you get to see their entire family and how they interact with each other. And um, Bob Odenkirk's in it. Um, there's a couple, like, fun guest stars, like, who plays his mother. Do you know who plays his mother? No. Okay, I won't spoil anything. And I know Will. Also, I know uh, Will. Marcus. Yeah, you knew about Bob Odenkirk, right? I knew about Will Poulter, too. Wasn't he in there, too? Oh, you didn't know? Okay, yeah. yeah. Will Poulter is a uh, chef. Okay. In episode four, Marcus goes overseas to basically uh, hone his skills. Um, they all kind of do that. They all do it differently. Um, a couple of them go to culinary arts school. Um, so, yeah, they all kind of go off and kind of, so that when they come back to when the restaurant opens, they can all be better. Um, it's awesome. Richie's has an entire, he's the bottle episode, and it's one of the best episodes in either season. It is so awesome. Uh, I just, I love the show. Nice. It's so good. Yeah, I'm going to watch it tonight. Probably start it tonight. Um, okay, cool. The other thing I didn't um, watch, I didn't then, watch the Stanley documentary either, so we're going to be talking about okay, all that stuff next week. Oh, you did? Okay, we'll talk about it next uh, week. Real quick on the Stanley documentary? Yep. Trash. Okay. Um, was not impressed. Um, you've seen With Amazing Power? Yes, yeah. The Stanley doc. Um, it seems like they just took audio clips of him from that documentary really? and just put it into this. So it's a shortened, not very good version of that. Oh, that um, still worth your time. It's an hour long. Um, so it's not like it's a big deal. Uh, I was just very disappointed in it. Um, but I mean, for people that don't really, that have never seen that documentary, because that one was great. It was when him and his wife were still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a phenomenal documentary. Um, this one's just okay. It's a good little briefing, though, on his career for people that don't know much about him. Cool. And the other thing you wanted to bring up was Superman and Lois. You've been watching that. Yes, because I finally was able to get into it. Um, I'm only like three episodes in. And yes, it does have the CW cheese to it, but it's also like really fun. Um, like, it's a lot of fun. Um, you get Lana Lane is played by. Uh, Eric's uh, wife from Entourage, Sloan. Yep. Yep. Um, Tyler is awesome as Superman. Um, the way he plays both sides of the character, I really enjoy. Um, you get to, by the end of episode two, you see Black Suit Superman, which is really cool. Because hmm. um, guy, the guy he's fighting right now is from, I think he's from the future, and Superman destroyed his planet. And uh, he has a line where he's like, Somebody says, that's not our Superman. And he goes, not yet. And then it hmm. turns to, like, black, black suit Superman, like, just destroying hundreds of people. Um, so that's cool. Um, also, the, at the end of the first episode, he and Lois moved back to uh, Smallville. So they're raising their sons, and one of them has superpowers, and that's why they moved to Smallville, so they could, like, kind of train him and hone his skills. So it's, like, it's very much, like, about Superman, but it's also, like, very similar to the show Smallville and uh, the kid that has the powers is like playing it up like uh, basically like Clark does when he's in front of uh, the public um, to kind of hide his abilities and stuff 
so far I just I think it's just an enjoyable show. I've only watched like one episode a night. It's it's pretty good. Nice. Yeah, I gotta I gotta get into that. Um, so last few weeks we have been down a Indiana Jones rabbit hole. All building up to next week when Indiana Jones and the Dial of the Crystal, or Dial of Destiny, or the hell it is called, comes out. Last outing of Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. So we're trying to catch up on all the movies. Got through the first three, the original trilogy, where it was supposed to stop. But 18 years later, 19 years later, after the prequels of Star Wars were all over... George Lucas decided that he wanted to write a fourth Indiana Jones and return to the well while Harrison was still in the 60s, still could act, still could move, still could be an action hero, adventure hero. So he wrote the story for Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. The fourth movie came out in 2008 for a budget of $185 million dollars. Made $790 million. So it was very, very successful. However, there is a lot of controversy. We'll get into it at the end. So, the opening is set in Nevada in 1957. The movie tackles a lot of 1950s hysteria that's going on at the time. You've got the Red Scare, you've got the beginning of the Cold War... You've got the end of the Nazi regime, so you've kind of got the after the World War II era of the craziness going on in the world. And the one big big craziness that's not really related to that, but also was going on, was Roswell, Area 51, aliens, everything that was going on in, in the lexicon of the, the West, Midwest, I guess you would call Um and alien sightings, UFO sightings, all that stuff. That's all including in, included in this. Um, very beginning of the movie, they're in Nevada. They go into what is Area 51. And you realize that Area 51 is that big warehouse at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark where they hide the Ark of the Covenant, which you actually see in this. You see the Ark of the Covenant in this warehouse as they end up doing a little chase scene in this warehouse. And break the crate open and you see the Ark of the Covenant from the first movie. Kind of like a Easter egg if you want to call it. Um, so that's where the movie begins. Already decisive with fans. They don't want to see this supernatural George Lucas type Star Wars in, in craziness. Sci-fi. There's supernatural and there's always been supernatural in Indiana Jones. But this is very very far into that. Yeah, they went too far. They went too far. But I love this movie. So we're going to keep going. God damn it. Um, You're so fucking bad. Like, okay, first off. I just got to get something off my chest. The unnecessary use of CGI in this movie it's, is it's, awful. It's a lot. It's jarring. Yeah. Like, in The Flash, like it's supposed to be kind of supernatural, so I just kind of go with it. But in a movie like this, like they CGI in a fucking airfield like like you can't just go 15 minutes from where they were shooting and like go on location for two days and shoot it there yeah and then just do the inside somewhere else the <laughs> the molehill in the beginning yeah just yeah a lot of that just it 
it well, didn't look not... great then either, and it just doesn't look. It looks even worse now. And like when he's standing over, <laughs> when he's standing underneath the very, the very, the, at the very beginning of the movie, he's he he wanders into a a little small town, and realizes the town is filled with dummies. So he's in a nuclear test site, and they're testing off an atomic bomb. So he has nowhere to hide, and he hears the sirens go off. He knows the bomb's about to go off, so what does he do? He runs into a refrigerator. Closes the door. Future style. Yes, closes himself into the door, and the nuclear bomb goes off, destroys everything in the town, and the, and the refrigerator automatically flies through the sky, goes out of the town, out of the... Out of the, out of, the uh, out of where the bomb has gone off, and way, way out in the distance... He somehow gets out of the refrigerator because if you know those refrigerators are kind of hard to get out from the inside. They have a handle that you actually have to push on the old school refrigerators where you have to get out. So somehow he yes. gets out of the refrigerator and he's standing underneath the nuclear cloud, the mushroom cloud, watching it <laughs> as the nuclear explosion is going on. That, that scene was a lot. It's a lot to take in. The CGI alone, but then just realize, wait, you can't be that close to a nuclear explosion, can you? <laughs> I mean, you can't be within feet of it without having any problems whatsoever turning into a mutant. But, okay, that's the first scene. That's only the first 15, 20 minutes. Let's talk about the cast. Kate Blanchett comes in as the villain. She's a Russian looking for supernatural abilities. They have this crystal skull. They know about it. Um, they go into Area 51 because they're looking for the alien from Roswell. Of course, Indiana Jones was at Roswell, picked up this alien, didn't know at the time that it was an alien, just knew that there was a whole bunch of shit going on at, the, at this supposed alien crash that happened at Roswell. Of course, Indiana Jones was there, so he knew all about it. And they find out that these aliens have crystal skeletons. Crystal skull is the one big thing. So Kate Blanchett is 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 in charge of that. Um, there's another there's another guy that kind of teams up with Indiana Jones Mac, his friend Mac, who ends up being a double agent. Um, he's working for the Russians. Um, the big addition to this movie is Shia LaBeouf. You're about five years after even Stevens on Disney Channel. If you ever watched that, um, he was in a lot of movies during this time. Uh, of course, he was in Transformers. This was right after Transformers. Yep. So he's right in a whole after. bunch. It was, it was, he was he was in his glory at the time. Of course, he's had a falling off since then. Um, a lot of problematic stuff that he's done. A lot of good movies though. He's a great actor if, if you really put it really put it mm -hmm. to him. Um, he but was great. he was actually very good in this movie. He was. Um, he was basically what you would expect George Lucas was as a kid. He was a 1950s greaser. You know that was Lucas's obsession. His first movie I, uh, was American I saw Graffiti. This in your notes. Let me take over real quick because yep. I'll read my notes because this is legitimately where my notes ended. Okay. At the beginning, there is a car. There's a car scene of yep. sorts. Um, you know, cars racing or whatever. And I wrote George Lucas's obsession. Yep. And that's where I stopped taking notes because I was getting very angry with this movie very early on. <laughs> yeah, this is, this <laughs> but, yeah, is basically... basically wrote the same thing for Shia LaBeouf, and it's basically. Yeah, him just wanting to put all of his little obsessions. It took him, he had to convince Steven Spielberg for a long time on this movie. And eventually he was basically like, all right, they're not aliens. They're just outer dimensional beings. It's basically how he got Spielberg to sign on for this movie. Yeah. Spielberg didn't want to do the aliens. 
Yeah. But yeah, those are my notes. Uh, you can continue with yours now. Um, the other big addition to this cast was John Hurt. He was in a lot of stuff. He was in Hellboy. He's in a lot of shit. Especially during this yeah, time. Um, he's a great actor. Uh, he's passed away in, in recent years. But he's Professor Oxley in this. Uh, an old acquaintance to Jones. A uh, friend of Mutt, who is uh, Shia LaBeouf's character. Um, and he kind of lost his mind. He had, he had an interaction with a skull that he found. Um... And it kind of took over. He looked in the eyes of the skull and it, and it fucked up his mind. Um, in canon, Marcus, who was, the, who was the dean of the college that Henry Jones worked at, Indiana Jones worked at, has died. Um, Henry Jones Sr., played by Sean Connery in the last movie, in canon has died, but didn't die in real life. He just retired from acting. Um, his last yeah, and uh, he was asked. To he was be asked. In this film and he said no. But he strictly was retired. He did not want to come back. I think the last movie he did was uh, a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and he had such a bad time on that movie that he just gave up on acting completely, which sucks because he yeah. could have had another ten years time. He just just, just think if if he accepted that role in uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. he would have made so much money. I mean, he already had he already had money. Yeah, but yeah, he would. Yeah, it's not like he was poor. But... Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. never make a million dollars for one movie. Yeah. Um, returning cast, Marion. I can't, uh, can't remember her name. Um, Karen Allen from the first movie. But the movie's set during the Cold War, like I said, Red Scare. Um, taking the supernatural route, tackling Area 51, Roswell. Um, I mentioned that. Story travels to Peru. The basic part of this story is the Conquistadors... In El Dorado, the lost city of gold, um, there are there are signs that aliens have always been on Earth. Um, and the lost city of gold, El Dorado, which is a true myth, true um, thing in in in, histor in history, um, that the way that Lucas wrote this was, aliens came down into this lost city of gold and gave this Aztec or Indian culture in Peru the or Brazil I don't even know where the hell because it's the travel the travel from Peru to Brazil to the rainforest and a whole bunch of other Amazon places um, but the that the aliens traveled down gave them the power to gave them the ability to farm to do mechanical things like like um, I know they, they, te they taught them how to do, like, um, dams and stuff. Stuff to make, the, make them progress further in life. Give them the technology, te technological skills to move on in, in evolution. Um, at one point, they also talk about the ancient crop circles being a part of that, too. They put the crop circles on there kind of as a testament to that. But the crystal skull itself... Basic, it's a it's a real phenomenon. There are real crystal skulls in the world, so he took that phenomenon and he based it off this whole entire movie. Um, in the movie, they are magnetic to even gold. Um, they're magnetic to all metals, so it's kind of like a beacon to that. That's how they find out certain fuckery with the movie. There's a giant ant hill scene in this movie. The ants come out and absorb people and kill them. <laughs> it's fucking weird. Um... And let's just get to it. Okay, the climax gotcha. the climax to the movie. The one decisive thing. If the movie is already decisive enough, you get to the climax. They're in the city of gold. 
And they realize that the aliens have built this city. The people that live in the city, the Indians or whatever, worship the aliens. They were like gods to them. And they had this big, huge throne room with 13 crystal skeletons surrounding it. The one skull that they found earlier in the movie, they replaced it back on one of the... It was stolen from one of the skeletons. Put it on there, and then all of a sudden a chain reaction happens. And the whole entire room starts spinning. Giant, huge room starts spinning. Indiana Jones, Marion, Mutt, John Hurt, they all know that there's something wrong, so they escape the room as it's spinning. Um, Kate Blanchett, her eye, she gets all this um, power from from no from knowledge. She ends up her eyes um, explode and she ends up catching on fire. Um, and they're called like like you mentioned, they are inter interdimensional beings. They're not aliens. They're interdimensional beings from another dimension. So they get start getting sucked up. Everybody starts everything. Everything starts getting sucked up into this interdimensional portal at the top of this building. The room starts spinning. They all escape. Indiana Jones and everybody start to escape. They get on the outside and they start to see the whole entire pyramid, this Aztec pyramid and everything else getting whirled around into this big, huge tornado-like thing. Coming out of the ground is a flying saucer. I like this movie. But, as an Indiana Jones movie, it is so out there, it is. it doesn't feel like an Indiana Jones movie. It feels like a great sci-fi movie if it wasn't they, Indiana they Jones. Hit, they hit a lot of the same... Uh familiar beats from Indiana Jones movie, they just don't do them as well as they did them previously. Yes. Well, and if I were, like, if I were to rate this between all the movies, it's not my least favorite. But it's not my favorite either. I mean, Raiders and Last Crusade are the best movies of this franchise so far. Um, but the very end of the movie, Indiana Jones and Marion get married. Mutt is kind of there. In a, in a weird way, tries to grab the hat as it's blowing through the wind, and Indiana Jones grabs it from him and is like, no, no, no. And the whole entire movie ends in a wedding scene. Shia LaBeouf yeah. bashes this movie to this day. And Spielberg. And Spielberg. Citing being cast as a bad career decision for himself. He, he has a lot of opinions anyway, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, very successful movie. Seven, it's had like 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's very decisive, so... Not only had, did, was it on a lot of best of lists, but it was also on a lot of worst of lists. I left this movie, I loved it when I was in the theater. Now, when this came out in 2008, I was only three or four years into my Indiana Jones knowledge. I just watched it not that long after, before this. If you grew up on Indiana Jones in the 80s, even the 90s, if you watched it when you were younger in the early 90s, I could see where this movie would not be in the right mindset for you but as a sci-fi movie I thought it was great um, visually could have been better there was a lot there was a lot of great action um, especially from Harrison Ford who was I think in his mid 60s at the time I thought he did fairly well I don't know how he's going to do in this next movie where he's almost 80 he's 80 now when he was filming it when he was 78 79 but I mean overall if I were to rank all four movies, it would be Raiders, Crusade, 
this and Temple of Dune. Temple of Dune is trash. Go on, Kevin. Um, my rankings are Raiders, Last Crusade, Temple of Doom. Uh, about 30 feet of shit, and then this. <laughs> I don't understand it. I, I, I love this movie. I really do. I, I watched it. I was excited to watch it, even though it took me a couple of days to actually get through it, but that's just because of time restraints. But I really do like this movie. And I think I think they went a little bit too far in the sci-fi, and like you said, the CGI was just too much, way too much. Um, it was it was Lucas it was Lucas throwing his dick around. That's basically what it was. Coming out of Star Wars, he did that. He also did the um, he did the 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 uh, Tuskegee Airmen movie too, right around this time or a little bit after uh, it. Was that Red Tails? Red Tails, yep. So he did that. That, that was eleven, I want to say. Yeah, it was, was right, right after, after this. right after okay. this. I know, I know that was his two things he did after Star Wars before he stole, sold Star Wars to Disney. So. Um, but yeah, this is this was a thing that he wanted to do after Star Wars was over. So, I mean, whatever. At this point, we have a fifth one coming. It's supposed to be the final one. And it's going to be directed by a great director. Getting horrible reviews. Yep. But we don't know. Um, but also, the thing is, they showed it off at uh, Cannes. Cannes. Cannes, yeah. Cans. Uh, whatever, the film festival that's... Like basically just like snobby journalists. It's yeah. like for like art house films. Right. For some reason, they decided to play this. It doesn't um, make sense. Uh, what would you give it for a pineapple rating? Uh, four, four or five. I enjoyed it. I really did. I really like this movie as a movie. All right, you take Indiana Jones out of it. The movie is great. It's a great story. Has a lot of stuff going on for it. If you can give this movie a if you can give this movie a four and a lot of other sci-fi movies a four, it's great. For an Indiana Jones movie, it's not a four. It's not, it, but it's rewatchable. I love this movie. I watch it so many times. Visually, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's worse. You watched The Flash last week. That thing was a fucking animated movie. This wasn't as animated as that, except for the alien. That was bad. When all of the crystal skeletons combined into one alien, that was bad. It was actually worse than what Lucas did in the Star Wars prequel movies. That's how bad it was. It was an animated alien. It was bad. The the big head, big bulbous size, bulbous eyes, that type of alien. But this is very cartoony. Very cartoony. So Kevin, what do you give this for a pineapple score? Two and a half. Okay. Because I will not let it be worse than Morbius. And that's because I do think I liked Shia LaBeouf um, as an addition. The, acti- the acting was the I acting was worked, great. I thought he worked well. He worked well with Harrison. Yep, the acting was good. Uh, but there's not much redeemable about this movie to me. And you said if you could take Indiana Jones out of the, well, you can't take Indiana Jones out of the movie. It's just a fucking movie. Um. So I just didn't like what they did with Indiana Jones. Um, it's weird, though, how Harrison Ford um, hates playing Han Solo but loves playing Indiana Jones, so he keeps coming back for this, but he fucking didn't want to come back for any more Han Solo till they yeah. gave him, like, $2 million to do Rise of Skywalker. 
and, and told uh, them he was going to Force Awakens. And told them he was going to be yeah. killed off. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he wanted to be killed off in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this movie is just not my cup of tea. It's fine if you like it. I don't really care. Um, because it's each their own. I mean, it's art. Film is art, so it's all subjective. Um, but yeah, just nothing really about this movie, story-wise, how it looked. Nothing really clicked. And like when I watched the Flash, and yes, it was a CGI mess, but it was also more fantastical. This is set like or supposedly set in the real world, and just some of the CGI is just awful. Plus, aliens and the fucking Indiana Jones movie. I didn't care for a lot of the creative choices with the story. Um, and I hope Dial of Destiny is good. I have faith in James Mangold. Like you said, it's getting not the best reviews, but... Uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't, I don't think you'll be... Or I don't think I'll feel as low on it as I feel about this, but we'll see come Friday. Do you know what the Dial of Destiny is? No, I've rarely looked at anything about the movie because I wanted to be surprised by it all. I've heard anything from like time travel to... Yeah. But that was all before people saw the movie. Yeah. Um, so we're just assumed it was time travel. Uh, but yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, it's not... There's nothing really as far as... I mean, nobody's seen the movie yet. The The main, the main world hasn't seen it yet, but... Nothing yeah, in real lexicon is probably based... Probably Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. Um, however, the... Uh, yeah, it comes out it comes out next Friday. We're going to try to watch it. We'll see. We haven't talked about it, but we're going to try to. Breaking news. You mentioned it. Next week, it's a big announcement. We are going to review Morbius. You are? We are both going to review it. I'm going to watch it this weekend. No, I already reviewed it. I'm not watching it again. I know. You're going to listen to me, and you're going to react to my what I'm going to say. I've been holding okay. off on this. We're going to talk about it in a few minutes, but there was a trailer that came out. I have a looked... better idea. I have a better idea. How about this? How about you watch one minute of it every week, and you dissect that one minute every week? <laughs> How long <laughs> is the movie? The minute. 120 minutes? Uh, Something like that? No, Kevin. I'll watch the whole thing. Finish up around the age of 44. <laughs> I'll right, watch, fine. I'll watch the whole watch, thing. I might watch it. I might watch it. We'll see. We'll see how I feel. It all depends. I'm not really watching any shows right now. I'll watch like, an episode of Superman Lois every yeah. night. But besides that, I'm not really doing much. So, so we'll see. That being said, we're going to bring that up again in a couple seconds. But let's get into the news. And it's not a new segment without the trailer roundup. A couple of trailers I want to talk about. The what was the movie that came out that that did a lot of stuff about um, the big sick about the uh, was it not the big sick? The big short. The big short is that the one where the the. Uh, Housing market. The housing market. There's two movies that trailers that came out this week that kind of were reminiscent of that. The first one is The Beanie Bubble, starring Elizabeth Banks and Zach Alphanakis. Yeah. yeah, that kind of looked like, or similar to like some of the movies we've seen recently, like um, Air or Blackberry, yep. or like you said, The Big Short. Talking about the Beanie Baby bubble looks from okay. the 90s. Looks pretty good. It's coming out on Apple TV, I it's think, next Apple month. It's Apple TV, yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. I think next month. Rated R. Um, Zach Alphanakis, not in a lot of things. Of course, famous for The Hangover. 
uh, stand-up comedian. Another trailer came out this week. This one I'm excited for. I remember when they announced the cast that I was very pumped up for it. The GameStop scandal that happened a couple of years ago with the stocks. And I don't I don't really understand the mechanics of it, but I'm sure the movie will explain it. But a movie called There's Dumb... A, uh, yeah. There's a documentary on Netflix about it. Okay. But a movie called Dumb Money starring everyone. You got Seth Rogen. You got Pete Davidson. You got Paul Dano, who looks incredible in this. You got... Fuck, who else is in this movie? There's a whole bunch of people in this movie, but it looks awesome. It's all about that. It's all about the GameStop scandal. How they kind of inflated the stock prices. Everybody that... All these geeks started becoming millionaires and billionaires by by using... I think it was Twitter at the time to entice people to buy the stocks. or something social, social media involved or Reddit or something. It was Reddit, I think. And the stocks jumped up so high that these geeks and these nerds who are GameStop fans were buying these stocks and becoming millionaires and billionaires. And then all of a sudden the bubble burst and they lost all their fucking money. Um, the trade commission had to come in and, and try to seize everything and stop everything from imploding. Looks really good. I'm not sure when this comes out, but the trailer looked good. It's called Dumb Money. The big trailer this week. Yes. Decisive with fans. However, I think the Red Band trailer was ten times to a thousand times better. And I think yes. uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson looked like. Aaron Taylor Johnson looks great in the poster for Craven the Hunters, another Sony movie. That's why I'm going to watch Morbius because I need to get into this universe that they've created a little bit further. Um, I've watched the I've watched the Venom movies, so why the fuck not? Craven, of course, Spider-Man villain. Um, if you ever saw and read the comic books or saw the animated cartoon from the 90s, you know he's a hunter. You know he 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 looks for prey, um, and he is a menacing person. The poster, I gotta say, he looks a lot like the comic book. In fact, I think there's a comic book cover yeah. that he's mimicking for the most part. I remember the uh, the rumors were that he wasn't gonna have the uh, little animal around him. Yeah. Um, which he does, of course, on the poster. Yeah. So, um, with what Sony's been giving us, I'm really looking forward to this movie. Way more than I have any of their other movies. Me too. Me too. And I think seeing him, is, it's an origin story for him, of course, how he gets his powers. Very different from the, from the comic books and TV show. Mm -hmm. I believe he gets it from an elixir. And this, he gets it through a, through a blood transfusion from an animal when he was young. Um... But he gets these powers of these animal instincts, these uh, superpowers, super strength, um, the power to hunt and sniff and prey, and just 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 be a hunter. And that's basically that's what his powers are. That gives him the power also to hunt Spider-Man later on, if that's what they end up going with. Um, he can hunt him down. He can track him easily. Yes. Um, he became so, Spider-Man in the comic, right? Uh, in, uh, at, at one point, last hunt. at one point, he dresses up as Spider-Man to try. It. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a it's a weird story. But if this movie turns out good, I would love to see him fight fucking Tom Holland in a Craven's Last Hunt yep. movie. Oh my god, he looks awesome. I, I think I think he was well, a when, great choice. I wasn't sure about it. From Far From Home, you thought that they'd be doing Craven's Last Hunt. Yeah, and uh, then they were, then the Sony stuff happened, and they ended up doing a multiverse movie. 
Yeah, I, 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 that's that's the one downfall from this is the Sony multiverse. The Sony, the Sony movieverse is weird. What they have planned for movies between this and I believe the next one after this is um, Madam Web. Um, there's just yep, they're and just then Venom three eventually. Venom three, yeah, and and none of them are connected to Spider Man. That's the problem. Um, Craven is such a Spider-Man centric villain. So is Venom too, but this yeah. this villain I mean, is. So is Venom, yeah. This villain is a Spider-Man. Well, Madam Web is too. Madam Web, but yeah. I, I don't know where I don't know where we're gonna go from here. Um, the Sony verse. I wish they would do a deal, just kind of like with what what Marvel did with Disney, where they kind of have creative input in how these characters are going to interact because it would be great to see an actual Sinister Six movie which they've already developed a lot of the characters already and Craven is a part of that if they wanted to Venom could be a part of that um, but yeah I don't I don't know uh, I don't know where it's going to go Vulture I don't know where it's going to go and even Scorpion, Scorpion. Yeah. yeah but I don't know where it's going to go from here we'll have to wait and see but um, trailer looks great watch the Red Band trailer if you haven't seen it but Let's get into the rest of the news. The Flash last weekend made twenty four point five million dollars in its first day. Um, the in last year's uh, Black Adam made twenty six point seven. So the comparisons with Black Adam have already started before the movie even had a weekend box office. This was last Friday. It was projected to make seventy to seventy five million dollars. Fell short to fifty five point one. But it ended up being the top spot. It's going to win this weekend as well. Um, the other movie that failed that last weekend I wanted to mention was Pixar's Elemental. So there's also a Pixar lull. Yeah. It's just a box office uh, movie theater Disney lull. Disney in general. Disney, yeah. Little Mermaid didn't make money. Yeah, um, yeah the industry is still in a weird flux now. Um, Guardians made money but didn't make a billion. What it should have, yeah. Um, the, the whole MCU putting out a movie and making a billion every time is over now anyways. Especially with the landscape where people just, they'd rather just wait for streaming. A lot of people still don't want to go out. Um, Speak, we're going to talk about that so, in a minute. There's more news yeah. to that this week, but... Yeah, hopefully yeah. hopefully by the time Legacy comes out, things will be a little bit more normal. We'll see. Because um, right now, everyone that is a fan of Zack Snyder is taking their victory lap over the fact that they're the reason why this movie failed. But they're not. We're, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, also made $75 million internationally, um, but still being considered a box office failure, um, considering that the budget was $300 million, and it only made, what was it, combined $115 million, something like that? It was at least $300. Um, at least, yeah. But you gotta with think marketing. About the and everything they've done, um, like the budgets, it's probably got to make like $750 million just to break even. Yeah. Um, if the budget's three hundred, that puts it at six hundred of marketing. So yeah. If you've been sweet. on, if you've been on iTunes lately, you realize that the movies aren't nineteen ninety nine anymore. Not yep. only that, but they're coming out two or three weeks later. I just watched the machine. Fuck that! I just watched. We just watched Guardians of the Galaxy a month and a half ago. Coming out on streaming next week. Yep. I watched the only movie that didn't happen with was uh, Top Gun, basically. Because it, it was a box office to take it out of theaters, yeah. yeah. Box office success, and, and and that that was word of mouth as well. Everybody said go see it because the theater experience experience is amazing. Yeah. Um, which we haven't really had a theater experience movie. Everything that we've seen in the theater 
would have been just as good at my home theater right here with my with my Adobe Atmos speakers. But I mean, I get the theater experience. But when a movie, it, it kind of disappoints me when it's ten times better than anything you can do at home, unless you have the money. If you have the money and the setup and the and, and the setup to have a good a good setup with a projector, you can do amazing things. Um, the only thing I will say is the audience experience. Like when we saw the flash and the eruption for the roar of the crowd when they saw Nicolas Cage. Spoiler, I mean it's everywhere. Um, or when we saw Endgame and that whole entire end sequence of Endgame and the whole eruption the very first night when nobody knew what the hell was going to happen with that movie. Um, applause craziness. You're not going to get that at home, obviously. But there's not too many movies like that anymore. There's not too many event movies. If they are, you're going to see them anyway. But but a movie coming out two weeks after release, like The Machine came out this week. I saw it three or four weeks ago in the theater. It's just it's a waste of fucking time, waste of money going to the theater when you can watch it at home. Stuff like that. Small, well, smaller budget things. Especially a comedy. Especially a, a comedy, comedy. You don't have to see in theaters. Unless the machine was a good theater movie, if you were in a fan, if you were in a theater full of Burt Kreischer fans, it would have been a good movie to see with fans. Um, right. There was a few, there was a few of them in our in our showing that we saw, but wasn't wasn't too much. Um, let me get back on track. Um, overall, out of all the movies, it's not the worst Rotten Tomato score so far. It's the sixty six percent. The worst, of course, was Suicide Squad, which I actually liked. Had a lot of fan service. Um, the villain was horrible. Um, then followed by Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, which is decisive. Rightfully so. Black Advice. Adam. Yeah. Black Adam, Justice League, you get the picture of where this goes. But, I mean, this is the end of the Snyderverse. We already knew that going in, and... Uh, we have a new dawn happening with James Gunn. So we'll see what happens. We'll be talking about this for years to come. Um, speaking of box office, uh, Across the Spider-Verse passed $500 million globally. Um, successful successful movie. Um, looking forward to the second one, which I'm hearing there's a lot of problems behind the scenes. Um, it may be delayed, so we'll see if that comes out in March like they said. Yeah, I heard there's an issue with the producers. One of the yes. producers or something I read. I didn't and flip the article, but... I read a little bit of it. It sounded like they're not that far in post-production or production because they put all their time into Across the Spider-Verse. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, going on with The Flash a little bit more, um, Sasha Kali, who played Supergirl in The Flash, says that there are some rated R scenes that were cut from the film. Um, the director also said that there was a lot of stuff that was, it was like a four hour cut that he cut, but the, the cut that was superior to the cut that was in the theater ended up being the superior yeah. cut. So, um, but, which is always the case. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. She's yeah, also, I guess Supergirl was pretty violent in the movie. Um, yeah. and they had to cut a lot of that stuff out, which is why some of those scenes are choppy. Yeah. Um, she also confirmed that she's been meeting with DC studios for a potential future in the franchise. Um, in the future of DC, whatever James Gunn's doing, so I don't know. I I, I liked her a lot in that movie. I thought she, her emotion playing out when uh, she finds out about Kal El was great, and I think uh, she'll be a good addition, whatever they decide to do. So we'll see. Yep. Um, yeah, I liked her a lot. She was underused. 
you mentioned it last week, but they did announce on Hollywood Reporter the three end scene credit scenes. The end scenes, like we knew about, spoiler alert for the next, what, 30 seconds. We knew about Clooney coming in at the end. Everybody kind of read about that already. Um, that's the ending that they had, but they filmed two other ones. Um, of course, in the movie, Keaton and Supergirl, they die. So one ending had them, once everything was messed, messed around with the timeline, brought back to normal. Um, Michael Keaton's Batman and this Supergirl were at the courthouse meeting up with Barry Allen. That was one ending. The other ending was Supergirl, Henry Cavill's Superman, Wonder Woman, and Keaton's Batman. So Ben Affleck was not no part of this at all. He was already done. So they're already they're already planning on bringing Michael Keaton as this Batman, somehow, some way. I remember hearing about these endings. In fact, um, at one point they actually show. Um, I put a po I put a picture in our um, notes of production in front of the courthouse where they're actually meeting up with uh, the Flash at the courthouse, Supergirl. And Bruce Wayne, um, Michael Keaton's character. So it was filmed, this is true. Um, but of course, James Gunn changed all of that when he was starting his own his own thing in D DC. And he wanted, to, he wanted to get away from Michael Keaton, which sucks. But um, I, was, I was looking forward to a Beyond, uh, Batman Beyond. It would have been great. Um, and I think Batgirl would have yeah. been great. And we're not going to see that. Probably ever. Well, maybe. I think Batgirl is basically going to be Batman Beyond. It's just going to be Batgirl instead of. Uh, yeah, I think so Will too. Fidel. I think so too. Um, and the Flash director, uh, Andy Muschietti, teases that the Reverse Flash was supposed to be in the potential sequel if it ever happens. At this point, I strongly say probably not. Um, he says, uh, "Well, not. and he's not going to direct it anyway." So yeah, he says, Re "Reverse Flash is the elephant in the room, right?" It feels like you can't make another movie without addressing the one is the murder of Barry's mother, which has always been the case in the comic books and the show. Um, it's always it's always known. Ingron um, Thrawn, I think his name is something like that. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Um, uh, Blue Beetle director confirmed that the movie is part of DC Studios' wider plans for the DCU. Um, it's not tied to any films from the past, so we're going to wait and see about that. It comes out in a couple months. Um, I know James Gunn is very high on it, but he was also high on The Flash, so we'll see. Um, Gal Gadot also um, talking a lot about uh, things being happening behind the scenes with Wonder Woman. I don't see that happening either. We'll see. I, yeah. I know I know they're doing a prequel to it, so I think we're probably going to see a whole the main the main characters of the DC universe are all going to be recast. Sorry, Snyderverse people, but it's just the way it is now. Um, the other thing that I saw this week, which I thought was funny, the Warner Brothers is about to release a huge box set with every single movie that the supposed Snyderverse DCEU, whatever you want to call it, except for Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad, James Gunn, and Birds of Prey, so no no Harley Quinn movies, which makes people think that think those are in canon. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the speculation. That's what I was yeah. And they just put these movies out as a speculation for um, for what was and also kind of taken off the, the table. They're giving you the bad Justice League. Yep. <clears throat> right. So yeah, it's uh, 
Yeah, it sucks. It's 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 sad to see a whole entire studio or a whole entire movie franchise implode like that, but the writing was on the wall, number one and number two, there was a lot of problems behind the scenes at the time and they just couldn't get out of it mm -hmm. and and I blame a lot of the bad publicity on the rock at the end, unfortunately, with the with Black Adam. Um Especially bringing back Cavill and, and getting that hope up and fucking everyone over. So, fuck the wrong. Yep. Um, also, Warner Brothers Discovery is is talking about selling slightly half, half of their film and TV music publishing assets for approximately $500 million, including the Batman titles, the Batman themes, everything done by, um, what's his name? Um, musicals, a uh, whole bunch of stuff that's included in the Warner Brothers catalog of music. They're trying to save money whenever they can. They're also talking about this week, um, Zasloff was talking about getting rid of Turner Classic Movies, Spielberg, Scorsese, Paul Thomas Anderson, all are against it. End up meeting with Zasloff, um, telling him that Turner Classic Movies is where they get a lot of inspiration, where they've gotten a lot of inspiration for their creative movies and stuff that they've done. I mean, it's it's all classic movies from Cla Casablanca to whatever, whatever you want to think. All the older movies, that's where they, that's where they play still. Um, but they're talking about canceling that altogether. Still a network, I guess. I don't have TV, so I don't know. So Warner Brothers, there's a lot of changes going on. A lot of budget cuts, of course. I mean, they're, they're taking movies and putting them in a vault to never be seen again for tax write-offs. So there's a lot of mess over there. Um... I wouldn't be surprised if the movie studio part of Warner Brothers implodes too, and they sell that off. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, Linda Hamilton joining the cast of Stranger Things Season 5. Um, of course, famous for Sarah Connor in the Terminator movies. Um, so we'll see. Um, Rebel Moon. I know you're super excited about this movie. Yep. Comes out December 22nd on Netflix. They released a behind-the-scenes type of trailer for this. The beginning of the week looks amazing. They released a poster too. Looks, looks. The movie looks visually incredible. We what need he's more doing. Uh, good sci-fi. We, so we need a good sci-fi, original sci-fi. Yeah, we need it. Yeah, yeah, original, original yeah. IP. Yeah. And I like. I mean, I was just. I watched Watchmen the other night. His visual style is That's great. perfectly suited for this type of movie. Yeah. So I can't wait. He really is a visually great director. It's just some of the stories fall yeah. fall apart, but. Well, the thing which we didn't really think about until he was doing stories with our beloved characters. Right. Um, that's when it really kind of, yeah, some yeah. of his story choices aren't the best. Yeah. But. Um, E3 canceled their E3 Electronic Expo. Um, canceled their 2023 this year um, Expo convention that they were going to do. And they also canceled the 2024 and 2025 because Microsoft, PS, PlayStation, and Nintendo didn't want to have any part of it, so they backed out. So they had no nobody there, so they had to cancel it this year, and they're also canceling it for the next year. So E3, as we know it, which was huge back in the day, that's where we got all the announcements for new games for the rest of the year. It's kind of like the Comic-Con and the video games. Um, yeah. It's pretty much no more, unfortunately. But Sad. They really don't, especially like Nintendo, we're getting to the Nintendo Direct later, but... Uh... Like yep. they do their own thing, PlayStation, PlayStation their own Xbox, screen, they Xbox all do it. Yeah. their own. So, so why even show up to this thing when you can do it on your own time and not have any competition for news? 
and not only that, not only that, you get your own, you get your own viewers coming into your own website. You get all yep. the ads for that. So yeah, it's 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 why, why pay? It's kind of like the Comic Con thing, which I think Comic Cons will go out of the way eventually too. Um, DC tried it when they did their fandom when, during the pandemic. Yeah, Marvel's been in talks to do it for a long time, doing their own type of uh, online streaming thing for announcements. So I mean, they do D twenty three, so they already kind of do that. Um, so yeah, we'll wait and see. Um, Microsoft admits that Xbox has lost the consoles war. Um, they were at the F- at the FTC uh, during this legal battle, um, and they're talking about the Activision Blizzard acquisition, and they claim that they've been losing the console wars. I haven't played Xbox in a very very long time. I went PlayStation probably in the early two thousand tens. I, I got rid of the Xbox completely just because I had so many problems with the Xbox 360 with the Red, red Ring of Death. I know you yeah, did, too. Yeah. I think I owned two or three of them by the end of the run. But um, I had a lot of, pro- I had a lot of problems. I had a lot of problems with the PS3. And that's kind yeah, of where I... Yeah, you had an early PS3. I did, yeah. I had to get, I had to get it sent in to get it, get it repaired and resoldered. It was, it was a mess. Because yeah, um, they had a uh, similar deal. It was the Yellow Light of Death instead of the Red Ring. Yep. Yep. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Just overheated. They put too much stuff into a console cheaply. So, um, big. They, speaking of Nintendo Direct, they did it this week. Big news out of there was a brand new two D Mario scroller game called Super oh, Mario Brothers so Wonder. Awesome. It looks awesome. Uh, the big it's addition be a to this busy week for us because it comes out the same day as Spider Man. Comes out the same exact day as Spider Man. Um, and it's a side scroll, like I said. The visuals are updated, very an- animated. Um, the big addition to this is you get to be a elephant Mario. Um, yep. Of course, I love Mario Power Up, so we'll see where this goes. See where this plays out. Um, I know Yoshi's in it. I know all the main characters. I know Peach and Daisy are in it, which is I don't think they've ever been in a yep. in a side scroller together. Um, and of course, Toad, Luigi, and Mario, and everybody you can play as that, and multi multiplayers in this. It looks great, so I can't wait to see this. El Marto, Spider-Man spinoff at Sony, reportedly lost its release date at Sony, um, starring Bad Bunny, the wrestler, the singer, multi-million-dollar, multi-Grammy award winner, or whatever. I've never heard one song from him. Um, the only thing I've ever seen him in is wrestling. But this movie that he picked out that's only based off of one comic book um, has been shelved. Probably rightfully so. But um, I don't know if it'll ever come back. Yeah, the character's only been in like two issues of comic anyways, right? Yes, that's it. And, the, and they, gave him, they gave him creative rent run to just grab any character you want. You can be that character and he chose this one obscure character. Which is weird to begin with. Um... Mentioned it already, but Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is going out on digital, iTunes, Voodoo, whatever you have on June, July 7th, right after July 4th week. Um, coming out on Blu-ray on August 1st. But, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, great movie. Um, can't wait to watch it digitally. Um, James Gunn's Swan yeah, Song and Disney. I can't wait to the, the disc. Yep. Um, might, they'll probably do a, uh, a trilogy 4K release. I might grab that. Yeah, because I want to get the first one. So I already have the second one. We'll see though how much that is. So we're going to start the Disney portion of the news with a whole bunch of controversy. Uh, Stanley documentary. You mentioned it being sl- slammed by Jack Kirby's son. <clears throat> Not new. This has been happening for years. Stanley 
was the poster child for Marvel, was the spokesperson for Marvel. So he took a lot of liberty saying that he was a creator of a lot of these characters, and this documentary that came out did that as well. Jack, Jack Kirby's son said, uh, are we to assume Lee had a hand in controlling every character that Marvel ever did? Basically what they would do is they'd have people like Jack Kirby would create the characters, bring them to Stan Lee, and he would develop the comic books. So he would take the he would take not only the credit, but he would also give he gave Jack Kirby the credit too, but he would take the he would take the poster the spokesperson role as being the creator and a lot of a lot of comic book artists and, and creators now know that wasn't the case. Um, Jack Kirby's son is speaking out about it. Um, Jack Kirby was credited on it, but Stanley was also like, "Oh, I created Spider-Man. Oh, I created the Hulk. Oh, I created Fantastic Four. But it was more so like Jack Kirby created the Fantastic Four, all of them. I think Sue Storm was named after his daughter Sue. I believe that's what I heard. Um, yes. So yeah, it's it, there's a there's a lot of I mean, stuff there. I don't think uh, I think it was on Fat uh, Man Beyond this week where Kevin Smith was talking about this. And he said it basically like, as far as he could tell, it wasn't like malicious on Stan's part. It's just he was the spokesperson for the uh, yes for the company. He's a brand. And um, unlike with unlike with Bob Kane, who was basically like yes. Bill Finger. I don't know who that guy is. Um, uh, Bill Finger was basically not acknowledged till BVS for his role in doing Batman. Right. And he created the Bat Suit. He created Robin. Created the Joker. Um, but yeah, I mean, the other documentary talks a lot more about Jack Kirby mm -hmm. um, than this one did because this one's only like an hour and it's mostly focused on Stan. And it does come across like he created everything when everyone knows that's not the case now. Yep. Um, Jonathan Majors went to court this week holding hands with Megan Good, who I didn't really realize he was dating, but um, went to court for his, to set a trial date for his... Uh, his assault if he's case. dating her, then who did he beat? Um, girl before this. Yeah, I don't fucking know. Oh, so um, he beat the chick, and then Me Megan Good's like, hey, yeah. let's get together? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, they were left holding hands at the courthouse, and he set a date for his court. I don't know when the date is, but um, yeah, I don't I don't know. We'll, we'll continue that story. Tanoke Herrera, 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 whatever. Um, he played Namor in Black Panther 2. Um, exited the film because of the sexual assault claim that was made against him. We talked about it a little bit last week. Um, yeah, talk about talk about two people who had a lot of potential in Hollywood that just can't keep their hands to themselves or can't keep can't be good. Just can't be normal. Um, if I had that much success, I would I would hold it with kid gloves. I wouldn't fuck up or do anything. It's it's a very it's a very hard thing like, to be famous. It's like all those uh, famous pictures of Keanu Reeves, where he's like taking pictures with like female fans. He like isn't touching exactly. them. His hands are just like around their sides, but not exactly. <laughs> it's not just that. I mean, it's, it's it's any any controversy at all. If you're famous, if you know the the spotlight is on you, you just keep quiet, pretty much. Um, a lot of these, a lot of these people don't do it. They still think they think they're powerful, I guess, and, and they just take advantage of it. Um, and finally, in news, Marvel is skipping out on San Diego Comic Con this year, which sucks. But also, I mean, with the, with the writer strike going on, 
we're at the dawn of what could be the Screen Actors Guild going on strike. There could be a lot of problems going into July. Um, and rightfully so, it's probably a good idea to cancel, but it sucks because we're expecting a lot of casting news, especially from Fantastic Four, which we're not going to get, which sucks. Um, and because they pulled out of Comic-Con this year, HBO and Universal Studios have reportedly also pulled out. So Comic-Con is going to suck, which sucks because it's it's a one time of the year. It's like Christmas. It's like Geek Christmas. You just look forward to seeing all the new stuff, all the new trailers, all the new no news and announcements. Um, yeah. So that means uh, no Superman casting announced there. Uh, yeah. Uh, WB hasn't HBO been... Do, uh, yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I know D23 is in the fall, I believe, so we'll have to wait and see if they do anything yes. with Disney. Um, and yeah, we'll have to wait until next year, and hopefully the writer strike and the uh, the uh, acting Screen Actors Guild, uh, AFTRA, and all that stuff don't go on strike for too long after they. And once they combine forces, it won't be around for long. Uh, writers and, and, and the Screen Actors Guild, if they're together, there'll be a deal in place probably by the end of the week. Because Hollywood would be officially shut down. There'd be no acting, there'd be no yep. writing. Um, so that's it for the show, that's it for news. Um, next week, we're going to play a game. Not going to spoil it, but it does have to do with music. I didn't write this down, but next week I also have to do our... Um, our uh, John Williams retrospective. We're going to do that because we're going to be talking yep. about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Continue our watch of Secret Invasion. I'm going to try to watch The Bear this weekend. Also going to try to watch Morbius. We'll see how far in that I get. Um, I'm going to watch a Stanley documentary, even though you say it's shit. I'm going to watch it. I love Stan. Um, and also going to try to begin our countdown on, on the Mission Possible, Possible movies leading up to Dead Reckoning Part 1 that comes out in the middle of July. So a lot of stuff on the table. We'll see if I get to half of that. We'll see. I, I do. Out of anything, I do want to see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny because we've yeah. we've been, we've we've gone this far. We need to watch that, and I, and I want to see Harrison Ford's swan song. So, thank you everyone for listening. We're out because we're tired. This has been a long process. This is a three-hour show for us, so we're done. We'll talk to everybody next week. Peace. Peace.